March in it or Madness in it? You have to choose. Disney Mania Tournament. That has neither of those things. Okay. <laughs> we, we should have come up with the name first. I did. Disney Mania Tournament. That, that's not a good name. Well, because I can't use March. I won't use March or Madness. You can. You can if you want. But anyways, <laughs> welcome to the first round of... Ding, ding, ding. Of Disney Mania Tournament. So yeah, if you didn't catch us at the end of our uh, podcast on Wednesday, um, we're, we're, we're doing gonna, We're going to start talking a lot. Yeah. And arguing. So we're doing a bracket of at least a portion of Disney's canonically released uh, 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 animated features. And yes. this is specifically their animation studios, so Pixar ex- excluded as is other spinoffs right. and direct-to-video sequels and all sorts of other studios that they have under their... Supervision. Instead, this is the canonical. Uh, out of the fifty-six canonical releases, we pared it down due to uh, due to some to uh, thirty-two things that we went over already. Uh, to thirty-two. So what we're doing here is we've divided them into four sections. We've seeded them, and we're going to determine um, the top in each of the sections by having them go against each other. Right now, the rules for those of you interested. Yes. Rule number one. You cannot concede or throw the match. Yes. You have to argue to the best of your ability why your film is better. Yes. So, example, um, I can't say that if I'm defending movie B, but I really like movie A better and I think I should win, I can't just kind of give up halfway through defending B. I can't just say, like, ah, well, it's going to lose anyways. That's against the rules. Yes. Uh, penalty is to be determined. I don't know what our penalty should be for that yet. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't find hopefully out. Hopefully we'll never have to go through that. <laughs> uh, rule number two. Winner is determined by our judge. Uh, we are a guest judge today in Malia, uh, a.k.a. usually the peanut gallery. Peanut gallery! A.k.a. our laugh track. Yeah, you. too. Uh, come say hi. Hi! They can hear. They can hear you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just loud. <laughs> and I can pick you up on the waveform, so you're good. Yep. Way over there. Ta-da! Yep. And rule number three. Uh, positions will be determined. Uh, we actually already did this already. Yes. Uh, via high card. <laughs> well, all, basically, 50-50. Yeah. We A can... randomized way of us fig- uh, assigning films. Yes. Uh, coin flip, high card, randomization... So that happened. So we are yeah, we're, we're films in each battle assigned to us. Yes. Uh, this is, of course, round one, uh, which, and we have 32 films we're going to talk about. This uh, round, round one, will be limited to the movie and story itself and the message it's trying to convey. So yes, we're talking about the story. Now, this could be a handful of things. It could be yes. the writing of the story. Like, Do we like the dialogue? Do we like the story as a whole? Do we like the, the, the pacing? This would be where pacing and consistency would come up as well. This will also be in the look of the film. Does it hold up? Does the animation style in, uh, in the fruit as well? I don't think that's, that's here. Isn't that later? Uh, no, I really don't have that later. Well, I think that's more of a legacy thing. Okay. I think here we're just talking story. Because that's make or break for a lot of these films. Yeah. Um, a lot of these films need to start with a good foundation that is the script. Yeah. But also, as you mentioned, messages is, is in here too. That's just because these are family films. Uh, so the bulk of these, I say the bulk of these, 
because there's going to be something I'll bring up later, um, <laughs> uh, that have some sort of lesson to be learned. I mean, all great narratives, as we know, um, are character arcs. The character needs to learn something. It needs to change in some way. So, does the movie do a good job of that, and what is the lesson? Right. So, uh, that being said, we do have time limits set on this. Yes. That way we don't talk forever and ever on this. Because we could. Right. So, uh, rule one on the time limit is... Time begins when you start talking. Um, the well, these will be rounds we broke them into fifteen minute bites. Mm-hmm. You will get two minutes for an opening statement uh, each. So you get two minutes. I get two minutes. We'll get two minute arguments and, and a rebuttal to, to defend our claim and to dispute anything you say. Ha 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 ha! Uh, that's two minutes a piece as well. We'll also get a two-minute closing statement and one-minute last remarks. Right. In total, that's seven minutes of us talking, 14, roughly 15 minutes yeah. total, yeah. At the give or take. At the end, Malia, uh, who will, I guess, count up as many facts we get right or, or, just, or just generic points. Ultimately, it's what she feels. Yes. If she feels like one of us made the better argument, that film will win and we'll go on to the next round. Yep. Uh, with that the other being fil- said, film will be eliminated. Yes, and we'll, uh, with that being said, I'll start my timer here for two minutes. And we're going to get to our first fight. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Uh, beginning this tournament of brackets, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. Which means we're going to argue with Zootopia versus Princess and the Frog. Okay, and you have Zootopia. I have Zootopia. And I'll be arguing for Zootopia. I have Princess and the Frog. Oh, by the way, I'm Mike. He is Matt. That's yes. Malia. I forget. We... Media Bow Podcast. Yes, Media Bow Podcast is. is what this is. <laughs> we All right. Totally whiffed that intro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Close enough. All right. So Close since enough. you basically won all of these <laughs> yeah. and chose the order, I think you should go first. I'll, I'll just go yes. first. I agree. Right. I agree. You agree? Okay, so go. So two minutes when I start talking for Zootopia. I've got it. All right. Oh, you're, you're going to time? As well. All right, I was going to time it, but okay, we'll start with you. All right. So Zootopia's story is very complex, but it's also very integral into society. It talks about not only uh, politics, but also racial integration, wherein a bunny... Uh, goes into the, the big city. A rural bunny goes into the big city and basically has to navigate her way into not only life, but also career and essentially friendship. And she does make friends with a fox, which normally would be against her uh, stereotype, uh, bunnies and foxes. <laughs> but uh, throughout the story, you, you, you see how uh, bunny Judy Hopps um, progresses uh, through the story, through this whole main narrative, and... Um, not only overcomes bigger, more predatorial animals, but also learns more about herself and learns to about friendship and um, and letting down those barriers and how not everything is as it seems, as it does turn out into the fact that sometimes early guesses and prejudices aren't exactly true most of the time. And this is a great uh, story, well written, um, especially for modern day society, as this movie did come out Last year, 2016, and it did win Best Picture uh, <laughs> uh, for an animated series. <laughs> animated movie. <laughs> Not series. <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, totally prepared here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, this movie has everything. It's got heart in it. 
It's got uh, well-written dialogue, has some witty uh, banter between um, not only uh, the fox and, and Jason Bateman's character, uh, but also in what I think is the best part, Idris Elba's character as the buffalo, or the water buffalo, uh, as he does make some essential remarks not only in uh, characters, but also in Disney tropes, uh, and how stories should be done, and um, you're going to tie me up. Okay. So. so, Matt, your time begins when uh, you start talking. Oh, we don't we do not do the rebuttals before the... No, it's just two, 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 mm. two, two, two. Weird. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Princess and the Frog has the unique uh, placement in the Disney canon as kind of being the return to the fairy tale story. This, of course, being riffing on the, prince, the frog prince. You know, the, the story princess... Uh, has to kiss, or this frog, the formerly a prince, has to kiss a princess in order to become a human again. Um, so it does kind of an interesting take on it because it kind of it takes place in the in the in I guess what appears to be the twenties in in Louisiana, New Orleans. Um, and the way that the story is actually done is is kind of an, an interesting kind of twist on the the Disney fairy tale formula. They take what they could have been just a boilerplate. Okay, here's our princess. What's what's going on with her life? And have it all be completely about the, the prince and the pursuit of love. What they do, though, is that they take the modern Disney uh, side, which is like, no, let's actually go into what does she want? What's her want? She wants to be uh, a chef in restaurant. She wants to own her own restaurant. Let's make that the focus. And then they twist another thing on the, on the fairy tale. She becomes a frog, too. And it all, it, and so it goes through some, some some familiar tropes, but but I think it does it pretty well. Um, the 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 way it's not they they focus enough on her individual want, where it's not so much about the love story until kind of Act Three. Then it kind of goes into a more predictable love story direction. But they do something at the end where th- that that ending is not super predictable, and they and there's enough like in there that's. They have a touching, a touching um, climax uh, involving the death of one of the characters, which is kind of a neat, a neat ad. Uh, in general, and the, of course, kind of what I'm kind of dancing around here is that it is a story with an African American cast. Unfortunately, how it differs from Zootopia, Zootopia, interestingly, Die. is it. Okay, I didn't get to get there. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later, but uh, for now, um, we're going to move on to counter, counter some rebuttals. Okay. Alright. So, so, since you went first, does that mean I get to rebuttal first? I think that means you get to rebuttal first, okay. then. Okay, so... Okay, so yeah, Zootopia's story, yes, does... It, it is kind of an interesting uh, commentary on current day. I don't think it's 100% successful at that however i remember when i first saw that uh thing in theaters i remember thinking it's like okay i get where it's going but if you start really trying to like pick it apart it's not a great metaphor animals the whole predator and prey relationship you all you have some it's it's kind of a generalized view of race relations and i think that that works to its detriment yes it it can be viewed yes as a metaphor but i think you may need some more nuanced perspective when you're talking when you're making a comparison like that. Just petting your wookie. Anyways, I I mean I think pace by pace I think it does a good job. Also, 
it's just it's not as kid friendly as I think that the Disney canon could be uh, in other examples. It probably plays more towards a an adult audience, um, and I think that there yeah there there are issues tonally, potentially with with the movie, especially consistent having a consistent tone. Um, I mean that's I mean if this rebuttal is just supposed to be negative, I mean that's what I have. I do want to agree with you on some of the points. I think that it is kind of an interesting pastiche of like, okay, let's take a story about about race and essentially put it uh, in a kind of almost like a detective movie, kind of film noir kind of thing. It even has a little bit of buddy movie thrown in there for good measure, which I appreciate as well. Which brings up maybe that's trying to be too many things. It certainly is, as you mentioned yourself, a complicated, kind of a complex plot. And I think that, again, you lose the younger audience in a lot of ways if the more complex you get. But it's a big fit with a, a big hit with, of course, the older crowd, which I think why it had an advantage in the Academy Hi. Awards. Well, thank you for <laughs> saying that some of the points were, yeah. in fact, valid. Yes. Because your, your points, unfortunately, were not. <laughs> <laughs> you say so. Uh, I'm saying so. And, yeah, you've started. <laughs> I know I've started. Um, some of your points including that this film being set in the 20s. Yes, is an interesting stylistic choice. Ho- stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't have to uh, play into that into that role, into that era. I feel like they kind of shoehorn themselves in specifically for a black audience, specifically for a black crowd, and heavily played on the jazz element, which is predominantly a... a uh, I didn't bring that up because we're not talking about music yet. Well, well yes. we're not, but you, you brought it up. <laughs> okay. Go. Um, <laughs> as for its story, it does, um, Princess and the Frog does uh, try and play away from the typical prince stereotype. That being said, there is a typical prince narrative in it. And as much as even though it's said in itself in the movies, you don't get yourself by wishing upon a star, <laughs> the whole ending of it relies on wishing upon a star it, it it plays it does so well in establishing anti-disney but then it so easily falls back into classic disney mm-hmm. and so you have a conflicting message within the same movie and it's very it's very against itself and it's what is what it's trying to say it's not a complete story narrative unlike utopia where it says you where it says stereotypes are bad, you should get to know a person and know where they come from and how they grew up and how they lived, compared to um, Princess and the Frog, which is you can work hard, work hard, work hard to try and get what you want, but ultimately, unless you have that one thing, the one uh, like special spark, the one wish, the one thing to get you over the edge, you're not gonna, you're never gonna get what you want. In the case, it'd be Tatiana marrying the prince in order to get. The restaurant. Tiana. Tiana wearing the prince. Marrying the prince in order to get the restaurant. Alright, last remarks? Uh, One minute. I guess you go first here. You can go. Okay. One minute, last remarks. So, yeah, I wish I had more time. (laughs) Oh, you did two minutes? (laughs) Okay. I wish I had more time because I didn't even get to get to the moral, so I'm glad you addressed some of that. You're right in a lot of your your critique. Um, I think I can agree with you there. However... I still think that Zootopia is totally kind of all over the place for me. Princess the Frog sets out to do one thing and does it well. 
I think that, that it just it works better for me as a complete narrative and as a family movie and it is a Disney movie. I think Zootopia does very well for what it what 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 it is, but it's like alternate universe DreamWorks for me. It's not Disney enough. So I think that The Princess and the Frog, if this if one of the criteria I, I, at least I am approaching this tournament from is the Disneyness of it, and that can go for narrative music, that can go for across the board. I think Princess and the Frog does a better better job, even though it does have the faults that you mentioned. Well, yes, but we'll get to dizziness in later rounds. I think it applies to every round, is what I just said. But well, in this round, we're really talking about the story. And that being said, Zootopia's story is complex for a reason, because it deals with complex issues. But it's able to narrow it down into a very specific um, tropes. That, it, even, that even kids can understand the message that it's trying to convey. Whereas with Princess and the Frog, the end message is a prince will help you get what you want. And that in itself is detrimental to the whole purpose of the film, which was work hard. Tatiana worked, or Tatiana, I know you're going to do that, <laughs> worked hard her entire life to try to get the restaurant, but in the end could not uh, without the help of a prince or, essentially, a man. Um, whereas in Zootopia, uh, Judy Hopps was able to uncover and unravel everything on her own using her own brain power, and that does says not only a lot for women characters in, in Judy Hopps being one uh, being a bunny, but also uh, women in in uh, in power with with for being a police force. All right, <laughs> not enough time. Not enough time. <laughs> Not enough time for any of this. No, but that's that's why. That's ah! why. That's why it's two minutes. Okay. Are we waiting till the end for me to decide? No, no, no. You have to decide right now. Oh, okay. Um, based on arguments. Uh, uh, well, say what you liked and what you didn't like. <laughs> no, she doesn't have to. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's. It's interesting that both of you brought up like <laughs> this idea of what you think a Disney film <laughs> should be. Yes. Yeah. And what we're talking about it's is gonna the plot. It's going to come up a lot. Yeah. At this point. This, is, this argument is about the plot, not what a Disney movie should be. I, right now. Just right now. I and know, based but I on guess, that yeah, plot. Applies. I think that applies. Just saying. <laughs> based on that, like the, the two arguments were really all about whether or not Princess of the Frog uh, stuck to the same storyline, really, because they switched at the end, is what it sounds like. And everybody agrees. There wasn't any argument about that, which I was waiting for, actually. And then the fact that the, the bunny just... <laughs> did whatever the buddy wanted to do and it seemed to be like there, it could be a little jarred. Those were the two Bunny does what it wants. Bunnies do. Bunnies don't care. Bunnies do what they want. Bunnies don't care. Um, based on the arguments though, uh, the fact that the plot switched like two thirds of the way through like the goal for the, the like morals and everything, I'd have to say Zootopia. Zootopia is the winner? Yeah. 
Okay. All right. One point me, yay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, so we do trip Can we do like a post, just like a real brief post oh, decision right. statement? Because I just want to address something just so you know that I know. Okay. Yes, I know a, a, a lot of the stuff stuff about, yes, the depiction of the of the, the main character in Prince of the Frog is kind of messed up. I think they oh, were still oh, yes. learning their lesson. I just, when I'm, you know, supposed to just say... The positives, and then just say the negatives about your movie. I don't get to talk about the negatives of my movie, and so I wish I, I wish I could. You can you can address it, but I feel like but, that would be detrimental it, to my cause. Exactly, that's that's the problem. That's the problem. I just felt like I needed to get that off my chest so that we knew that I knew that. Oh, I know she does. <laughs> you can but wait until the, the very but, end. Yeah, but like we said, rule one. Yeah, I You know. can't say it because uh, it's detrimental to your this film. Is, this it's is a debate. This is why rule you, one exists. What you should have done is try to twist it so that it worked for you. Yeah, try to twist it so the... <laughs> yeah, you can work all your life. You can work all your life to get what you want, but sometimes it is luck. It's weird because it, it's Which a hybrid. A and they, they, Which is a 10% is, luck. 20% yeah. yeah. It's such a hybrid. That's a problem. problem. That such a, was such an easy thing you could have done to but, win that yeah, debate. But, but, but I see that more of as a problem. I think it's a problem that they went for the hybrid moral and it just doesn't work. But anyways. Oh, well, but that's you shooting yourself <laughs> in the foot and you're not supposed to... I'm going to I didn't. I didn't. I'm <laughs> throwing this pen at you. Well, I didn't, did you I? You didn't mean to. You didn't mean to. No. But you did. <laughs> okay. Well, Zootopia moves on. So we're and we're gonna move on to our yes. next category, which is Tangled versus Wreck It Ralph. Okay. Um, you're arguing for the voice of Tangled. Yes. And I'm Anymore. arguing for the voice of <laughs> Wreck It Ralph. Uh, uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mandy Moore versus John C. Riley. Fight. John C. Riley. I'm gonna pull the cast so I, I don't blank on any of the guys. <laughs> John C. Riley. I know, but I'm blanking on uh, Sweetum's name. Oh, wow. That's uh, Vanellope. Sarah, Sarah Silverman. I know, but the character, Vanellope. Vanellope. Yeah, yes. Right. Vanellope. That's, that's a weird name. It's a weird it name. It is a weird name. I should not say that. Because <laughs> that you're... I was going to say something. Who is it? Who, uh... Okay. I am arguing for Tangled. He is arguing for Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, I had that in the right place then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So I guess I'm in again uh, with Wreck-It Ralph. Since you, okay. Yes. Right. You're going first. All right. So Wreck-It Ralph is a very interesting concept in that it's not unlike it's not like any other Disney movie. It's a based solely in computer in a computer game uh, world wherein the villain is treated like a villain so much that it actually goes against typical Disney uh, Disney styling in which you have villain as a villain and hero as a hero and there's no basically middle ground. Wreck-It Ralph does a really great job and twists that. Mm-hmm. It does a great job in saying that a villain doesn't have to be a villain but a villain can, in fact, be a hero. And, in fact, a, a villain is the hero of the story. In fact, a villain in uh, in Ralph, who typically tries to go, whose main job is to wreck things, actually tries to go and, fun, fair enough, at the end of the day, 
fixes things. Uh, fixes exactly what he ended up breaking in the first place, but fixes it nonetheless. He doesn't rely on anyone. He doesn't rely... Well, he does rely on uh, Vanellope and Felix and uh, Calhoun. Uh, in... <laughs> Yes, the name is Calhoun. Names, names, names. Names, names. Name drop, <laughs> name drop, name drop. <laughs> name drop. Uh, in order to defeat King Candy. But, um, yeah. The, it does a great job in in establishing that heroes... A bad guy is not a bad guy. And it says that so well in the story. And even when you get to the end, you start tearing up when he starts saying the motto. That I'm a bad guy, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. I may do bad things, and that's good. People like me as a, uh, a villain, and that's bad. And that that's presented twice. Once in the beginning, during uh, the villain, uh, I guess, AA meeting. The villain meeting in, in, in Pac-Man World. And then at the very end, when you realize that that statement actually means something, and that we shouldn't just treat villains as villains, that we should actually look at their side, look at why someone is either bullying bullying us, or there's more to the story than just someone being villain, being a bad guy for the sake of being evil. That there's always more to someone's side of the story, and that's what Wreck-It Ralph does well in telling its story. Time. Okay, uh, so... Tangled um, is interesting because it's a right after right in the heels of Princess the Frog the the year before they did kind of another kind of traditional fairy tale story they told the story of uh, Rapunzel but what they did was they really focused on who is Rapunzel what does she want and what is what would the what would be the things that she how can we empower her in a way that other retellings of the story have not. So instead of just being like, oh, well, she's in this tower and she's trapped, it, they, they let her out of the tower. Then they do something uh, that's a, kind of an interesting twist. And yes, you could argue it's potentially because of a marketing thing. But the a, a big portion of the narrative is about the male lead, um, the, the kind of the swashbuckling kind of thief character who ends up redeeming himself and kind of is the source of the moral of the story. So the two end up having a really great interaction with each other. Um, I think that the story does a good job of balancing the two characters and showing the, each other's strengths. Um, and yes, there is a traditional kind of fairy tale progression. They don't get away from kind of traditional uh, evil mother, I guess in this case, not quite queen, um, is, the, is still the central villain. Um, but they do some creative things with the, the dynamic between the two main characters. Even writing in the animal sidekicks in a clever way that revives that concept. Something that should have probably been a remnant of the Renaissance era. Uh, but they do it in a good job. Like the, the horse is funny. The, 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 the lizard is funny. They do some real great comic stuff with them. Um, morally, um, it's... <clears throat> <laughs> kind of just broke down. Uh, it's it's a traditional fairy tale in a lot of ways with the moral. Um, she is empowered to the point where she actually has the final choice in the film, which is great. Which again is a step up from the previous year's Princess the Frog, which is good. Um, but overall, I think just that the, the the personification, the character of Rapunzel, is the most interesting thing about that movie, and they did an interesting thing about uh, in the way that they portrayed it. 
uh, trait her character specifically with kind of the foil of of the 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 male character. Um, Time. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna argue yours first. Right? That's not how we're doing. Things. All right. Okay. Argue. <laughs> argue away then. Okay. Okay. Wait. What did we do last time? I don't remember. It, you just went, you just went straight through and argued against me. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll just continue then. Yeah. Don't, didn't remember. Um, so, okay. So, here's my problem with Wreck-It Ralph's story. It's consistency again. So, I was really thrilled with the first act of that movie. I like the first act of that movie a lot. Because I like the setup that you mentioned. The setup about kind of twisting the hero-villain story. I like the characters that they're setting up. I like the world. You know, we we both have an affinity for video games. There's a, a part of us that really happy to see a story taking place about a video game world and about video game characters. My problem is when halfway through that film, they bail on the concept of jumping between worlds and all of a sudden they're just stuck in Vanellope's world, the candy world, and it becomes the candy story. And it becomes just about her problems. And yes, his problems are related to the story. I mean, you do have him trying to get over his thing. And you can use, and Vanellope's character is an interesting comparison to that. Because it's a, way for, it's a way for them both to learn from each other. That part works. But just, just the, the, the way that it just gets stuck in there and just sticks you in that same world, it was disappointing to me. It was like, you had so much potential for this to be kind of a story about the medium you know like to take advantage of the worlds of video games and you end up being stuck in mario kart it's like mario kart's great but it's like how much material is there and i guess it was to simplify the narrative that they were doing and that's probably a good thing in the end but it just for me it was more disappointing than it was enthralling i was disappointed by the direction that the story went and I just ended up kind of having, and that was the reason why I kind of have a lukewarm reaction to the movie as a whole. I finished that thing, and I was just like, it's not what I wanted it to be narratively. Well, just because you didn't want it to be that way narrative doesn't mean that's the way the story was was supposed to go and meant to go. Yes, jumping through a different world mm -hmm. is a gimmick that they use, but it's not the main issue that of the story that they were trying to tell. Mm -hmm. The story they're trying to tell is uh, villains can be good guys. Where your story falls apart, however, is that Rapunzel, even though she does make a choice at the end, is not the final decision of that movie. That still relies on the male and him cutting off her hair. Eh. He chops off her hair. That's his decision. And eh. saying that... I don't know if that's fair. Yeah. Uh, we well, don't know keep if that's going. Fair. Don't, okay. don't stop when I go. Yeah. <laughs> um, your movie is... Definitely has trouble in trying to determine who exactly the main character is in, in the first place. Because even though the story is is what's supposed to be about is getting Rapunzel from out of the tower back to her home, it does take this really weird and side issue with the guy going through the villain hunt and going through this extremely offshoot dynamic that kind of falls off in the end. They never really resolve it. Um, basically, their resolution for it is just sing a song and everyone's fine with it. And let's get back to the to A plot. It's like they ran out of stories with, uh, with the Rapunzel character because it's such a simple story in itself. 
that they had to try and shoe in more story to make this a feature-length movie. They even tried to add, uh, like you said, with uh, the, the animal sidekicks to try and make this thing marketable. Because originally this thing was not marketable. And I know we're not talking about marketing here. But I just feel like I have to, I have to say that. Because this thing was considered unmarketable at, at first. Uh, with the original title just being Rapunzel before they changed it to Tangled. Because they felt that uh, boys wouldn't go see a movie just labeled Rapunzel. Fine. So we have final statements. Uh, yeah, two minutes. Two minutes closing arguments. I mean, in, in closing, I guess, in, in kind of confirmation of what you just said, yes. Um, I mean, I think that there's, it, it, there's a little fogginess about what that thing was supposed to be. But we're not talking about what these movies were supposed to be. We're talking about the end results. And ultimately, I brought up a lot of personal things because ultimately what a movie is is a personal, a personal decision. You can be objective of, uh, all you want, or at least you can try to be objective, but ultimately... Everything is going to have inherent bias. Everything is going to be subjective. And I realize that I might be approaching this a little different than you are, but of course, that's natural. I think that, again, kind of playing into what I mentioned about um, Princess and the Frog, and I know Malia is not going to like this, but I think the more traditional narrative here does matter when you're talking about narrative. I think that it does, it's something to keep in the back of your mind when you're talking about story. I think overall, yes, it's a more traditional story. It's not, it's not kind of like the, a more modern, nuanced take like the movies that you just happen to be covering. And I get that. The, the Wreck-It Ralph has in common with Zootopia that they are both very modern Hollywood stories. They're, they're written from a perspective of writers who, you know, who are written for, tradi- like for Hollywood films, not necessarily Disney films. Tangled is of, just like Princess the Frog, of a different tradition, and thus it has some of the same failings of those traditions, but it also has some of the, some of the, the, the benefits of those traditions. And I think that narratively, being more traditional and being more um, of a fairy tale kind of story, the highs are higher when the lows may be lower. And for me, the, when the highs are high, that's what hits and that's what stays with me. And so I think I like the highs in narratively entangled more than I like the highs of Wreck-It Ralph and I like that that it's consistent throughout even with some uh, pacing issues and some focus issues I think consistency more than if we're talking about highs and highs and lows and lows Wreck-It Ralph has way more highs and way more lows than Tangled does (laughs) they hit more they they resonate more when the the lows the lows in um, in Wreck-It Ralph are when the video game, when the uh, the cabinet Felix, Fix It Felix, is starting to get shut down. When Sugar Rush is threatened from a virus, that those are lows. These are low low points. I, I wasn't talking about low like narratively. I was talking about low like that sucks. That was good. Just wanted to address okay. that. Right, well, mis- you misread my. I misread your lows and yes. lows. <laughs> well, still, we're talking about story here. <laughs> yes, I know. And, and the the highs hit high when Ralph does climb the tower in in Hero's Journey and and obtains a medal. The highs are high when he realizes um, that he has to fight King Candy. The highs are high when he sacrifices himself in order to basically save the entire arcade from collapsing. The, the emotional journey that goes through Wrecker Ralph from him being a, a from Ralph being a villain to Ralph being a hero while 
also being celebrated for being the villain that he is, is very, like you said, New Hollywood, which New Hollywood helps Disney. It actually helps the narrative in, in embracing uh, all these, not necessarily anti-Disney tropes, but more of a new Disney style in which in which d- these movies can have morals, can resonate not only with kids in a fun way, that of it being a video game, but also in a very, um, very tightly knit, closed story that doesn't have to have um, extra feature, extra stuff in it, in talking animals or fighting animals or even music. It doesn't need Ralph. Ralph didn't need to be a musical. It was great on its own because that narrative Hi. drove that story. You're, you got away from narrative there. <laughs> We're not talking about music yet. I know, but, but, but I wrapped it around back to my sure. name. All right, one minute closing arguments. That's what we did. No, that was two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, no, right, so, that was closing. All right, one minute. Do you have any last remarks you want to throw I, in there? I thought those were the last remarks. Well, I have, I, I leave one minute for just last remarks in case you looked anything out. Do you want to? Do you have anything you want to add? I mean, I thought that was my last remark. All right, I guess we're good. Let's tell you <laughs> enough. <then. Yeah. laughs> oh, shit. Um... The judges are deliberating. <laughs> yeah, this is hard because you just basically made it about classical story like Disney stories versus versus what they're doing more Hollywood style wise now, as opposed to like. Because <laughs> that's yes. part of the that's that, 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 the argument. That is the argument we're both argument. trying to convey here is yeah. uh, take old classic Disney and Wreck-It Ralph, more of a modern take. And as impartial judgment, who made the better argument? Judges are once again deliberating. <laughs> uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Okay, Wreck-It Ralph, I win again. It's tough because these movies could not be any more different. Oh, these two, yeah. These two are very In both of these two first two rounds, it's impossible to compare. Because fairy tales are not anything like the stories that are being told in those. Right. Well, I mean... (laughs) It's just interesting. It's it's, it's an interesting dynamic that we're taking on this. Like I keep saying, it's it's, it's impossible to be objective here. These things are so subjective. Yeah. But anyway. But we're arguing what we feel yes. they say these movies bring to the table yeah. in, in their stories. Yeah, because if, if I let my feelings get a hold of me, Tangled <laughs> would have won. Right. Because I do like traditional Disney movies. I love them to such an extent that just that fact makes that... And I haven't... I haven't... Like, I, I Tangled isn't an especially good movie in my opinion, but that doesn't matter. Based on your arguments, if I was going to be biased, that would have been my bias. But fortunately, I ignored my bias. So, <laughs> so you went with so, so the, I went with who, the the louder voice <laughs> who actually won the the debate. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my approach here is I am embracing my bias. 
That's my approach for this entire bracket. Because I believe you're not judging this thing. No, but I believe so much in this being like movie film being a subjective medium that I don't believe it's something that can be approached objectively. So. No, but people can have strong enough arguments that they can persuade you. I agree. And, and that's what we're doing. Yes, I know. I agree. But I'm just saying that, that my approach is going to be different. All right. <laughs> okay, well, let's see how you approach our next argument as uh, you come in with the number two seed in Frozen, arguing against um, number seven seed, uh, which I am doing, Big Hero 6. <laughs> right. Ah, Again, two opposite ends of the spectrum. I know. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Okay, go for it. All right. Your time over there. Spacey moment. Kevin moment. Spacey. Like Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Bacon, mm. anyway. bacon Bros. Bacon Bros. <laughs> sizzle. Got my so much sizzle. So much sizzle on that bacon. Mm-hmm. Alright. Compose myself. My notes here. Mm-hmm. Alright. Big Hero 6 is a great Disney film in that it takes a Marvel approach, which has been working for the past seven years, and makes it their own. It does it stays away from a family name. It's it doesn't sorry. It doesn't stray away from a family dynamic. It, it even holds on to it even more so, even after the loss of Hero losing his brother. The science community in, in, the, in the university basically accepts him as, as the brother's replacement and helps nurture his creativity and helps uh, create what's essentially a family of superheroes in which they... They work together to not only solve bigger problems, but also each other's problems in not only making how their gadgets work. It's very science-heavy in that aspect. I know I'm jumping all over the place here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's narrative makes you think it's going one way, but then it does a very classic trope of going back a different way and doing a switch and a reversal in its reveal. It does very well in that comic book aspect of leading you down one way and then changing it that you enjoy the film. This is a very enjoyable film. The narrative in itself is very enjoyable in turning something that is supposed to be healing into something that's supposed to be fighting in um, Baymax. And even going so far as to a story of revenge, not only in the hero, in the main story of hero but also in the villain story because he's also a story of revenge but to come at it in two very different aspects of one being so uh one in hero being supported by a family and the the villain being all left to his own thoughts okay um so frozen in a lot of ways is the kind of the moment i've been waiting for in this bracket because (laughs) this is where disney finally realizes okay we can do the fairy tale approach but what if we try to modernize it? More so than they had done previously. Frozen does that, and I think it does that well, and I think it's part of the reason why it's been as successful as it has been. Um, so the story is about sisters. The entire narrative is about the love between a sister and her sister, which is not what you expect going in. 
you have the setup, the very traditional setup where you're like, where you have like the main character, Anna, and you, you think that it's going one direction with oh, like, oh, they're setting up this romance. It's going to be the typical Disney romance. Then they almost set it up again with the other character and it becomes, it becomes like, oh, this is going to be predictable. But what it does is during the journey and um, by the end of that journey, it ends up kind of being like, it's the, the romances are completely swept aside for what eventually comes in the climax, which is no, Anna loves her sister enough to pursue and try to fix this wrong that shouldn't have been caused in the first place. It's an, it's a traditional story in a lot of ways, beat by beat, because you do have like the the, the hero has, sets out, you know, hero meets the partner, you know. They even do the animal sidekick thing again, but in a, in a slightly different way. You have the reindeer, which is kind of like not even a speaking part. You kind of have that, and you have the have the snowman, which I guess is an animal in this case. Who is the complete, uh, complete the, the comic relief foil? But even his lines are clever. I mean, I, I, I think of that the, the the I've been impaled line every once in a while, and it always makes me giggle. Um, it's stuff like that, and like this, the writing is pretty good for what it is. Um, I think that that climax is one of the better climaxes I think they've had in the last ten years. Hi. Um, that's a that's a good way to end that. Amen. Yeah, it is. Like some climaxes. Talking about some climaxes, too. <laughs> Alright. Uh, All right. So, two-minute two arrowballs and arguments. So, big hero six. Um, so, this thing should be a TV show. I know it's being a TV show. This is my major problem with big hero six. It's a comic book story. It's an action movie in an animated film. Thus, it feels out of place. It feels strange. The pacing of it feels more like that the, the none of the characters are interesting enough to keep this thing afloat. I think conceptually there's some stuff there. I like that it's, I mean, and similar to the way that Frozen is about sisters, Big Hero 6 is about brothers in a lot of ways. And it, it's, it's very much a brother story, and which is cool. That's a unique narrative you don't see all the time. But the main character is so boring, and his friends don't really add much. There's the, like, I don't remember anything, like, personality-wise about, like, I want, they're the one of the girls is, like, kind of punk. One of the girls is the super skinny one wears yellow. And, like, I don't remember anything about the other guys. It's, like, it's such a, like, a, like the, the concept just feels, like, so episodic, which makes sense because it's based on comics, which are an episodic medium. And I think the challenge there is, like, how do we make this world interesting enough for the story that we're telling? I think the story they're telling is actually pretty good. I think I agree with the, the, the points you made. But as a film, it did not keep me engaged. I, my takeaway after watching that thing was just meh. It was just a big meh. I just wasn't invested in the world. I wasn't invested in the story. I liked a lot of what they were going for. It's just that the execution failed for me narratively. I just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't interested. And so that 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 was my major problem. Is just I just it, I think that maybe it'll find its own in television incarnation, or in a possible sequel. I think that there's there's stuff to be discovered to be discovered there. That movie just was not long enough to <laughs> explore it. Um, but I but I do like a lot of what it was doing. Fine. I think uh, the exact opposite. <laughs> I think Big Hero Six did so so well, and it, 
establishing the differences and uniqueness of these characters that in fact was able to, is able to spawn off its own TV series because it's already established its own characters and its own universe in San Francisco and it's very <laughs> high yes last the day the high um, technological world that it presents <laughs> that that you can that even though this is also this is a comic book Marvel movie in Disney style animation it does still have a very Disney um, story in that it is about brothers it is about love and caring for one another and it is about revenge and letting go and I bring up <laughs> letting go because I bring you to the problem of uh, Frozen as the characters literally don't let go of anything they don't change one of the big big problems with Frozen is that none of the characters change they're all the same through and through they just go. They're just going through classical Disney motions. The only character who probably does change is Elsa, and letting everybody in, uh, instead of being shut out, shutting everyone out and letting everyone in. Outside of that, none of the characters change. Elsa, I mean uh, Anna, does not change. Kristoff does not change. The snowman. <laughs> she melted at the end. Nobody changes in that movie, and that is a sign of a weak plot. That's a sign of a weak story right there. That the fact that nobody... That in order to have drama, you should have change. Nobody changes in that film. Everyone is who they were. And I know you're probably going to bring up the villain and how he changes. But that's manipulation. He was manipulative. He was manipulative all the way up until the end. Did not change. Okay. Uh, Final statement. Yes. Um, so, I think you're right about a grand arc. Um, I think it's a more subtle arc, uh, especially for Anna. I think Anna does change, and I think Anna's cha- change is more, it's, it's definitely more subtle. I think her, her change is understanding where Elsa's coming from. I think the, I think that the, the redemption comes from what she was kind of just like, why is she being so rude? Which is the first blow up, which arguably causes the entire plot. Um, and she, at the end, is like, no, it's like, I get where you're coming from now. She finally has that moment where she's like, okay, I understand that this is difficult. Then the, I'm glad you brought up the villain character, because that also kind of help change, helps change on his worldview. You know, she, you literally have a story where she's talking about how excited she is for a guy to fall for her. By the end of the movie, she, that's the last thing on her mind. I mean, technically, there's the, bit with, the stuff with Kristoff at the very, very end, but... When I'm talking about the climax of that movie, I'm, I'm not counting the stuff that, count, that happens in the epilogue. I'm talking about when you have the, what basically she's she she's realizing that um, that he, he that this guy is actually going to kill her and her sister potentially has already killed her sister for all he knows or for all she knows. And I think that she she realizes that that's not important. What's important is her relationship with her sister and making sure that that survives and so i think that that so i don't necessarily think that there are no character changes for her i think it's just a more subtle kind of way because they do kind of adhere to a lot of as you mentioned disney motions in a lot of it but they're taking baby steps with getting there which i think that they take a huge a a larger stride when we get to moana later but it's not quite there yet i think that they did what they could with what they were dealt 
Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that, that the, the, the character changes are there. The drama is it's there. High. It's just the stakes aren't as high. And that's what makes Big Hero 6 so, so, such a good, better movie, is because the stakes continually get raised in that movie. And raising stakes, however delicious it is, mm. helps drive a stronger narrative. You learned this in screenwriting. I know this because I was there with you. Uh, <laughs> bigger stakes make for bigger movies. Most of the time. I know disaster films are accepted in that. Independent stakes is not. Yes. Uh, but this uh, Big Hero 6 does eventually, in, in the end, turn into a disaster film and everything being sucked up into the void. And even though it does turn into uh, a what's considered a big mashup at the end, it still follows through on the narrative of helping one another, being using your brain as, uh, to solve problems. And that's one of the big narratives in that movie is, is that you can be smart and use your brain to outwit and outsmart and outperform everyone. You don't have to have the, the biggest or the best. You can be small like Hero is and transform what was is set, transform yourself from being small and meek like Baymax being was essentially a helpful companion into a fighting destroying machine. It robot destroying machine. Yeah. Uh he yeah, because when you take out his companionship, he basically becomes that just a destroying machine. And it takes the entire family of superheroes and uh, in, in they're here to stop him from uh, basically destroying the villain and destroying Hero in a sense. And that narrative is strong and resonates be, uh, especially in comic books because um, strong because uh, uh, Hero's Journey is essential in comic books and Time. Hero's Journey. Yeah. Hero's Journey. I like what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Last, last, last remarks. <laughs> that was a last remark. I know. Do you have anything you want to add? <laughs> no. We get one. Don't give me anything extra. I know. I'm giving you a minute in case you want to. No. Want to add or rebuttal or anything? No. That's not how this works. That's how it's set up. It's set up that way. Yeah, set up that way in case you want to add or dispute something. That's why I I said, asked you, is this last remark? Since you said yes, and so I said okay. That was a, yeah, it's final thoughts, and then any last remarks you want to just just add in there. No, it's everything. Alright. Oh, I would like to add that I do... Um... No, I'm not going to add. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to add to the mic that you meant me. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Alright, All right, go to the judges. Frozen. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you built it up, yeah, this time you're not she building it up. Because the the entire description of of uh, Big Hero Six <laughs> became really convoluted, incredibly convoluted. That's a preview you, for the movie. Just you <laughs> describing it doesn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense at all. They're a team of superheroes. And this is this is uh, <laughs> this is a. About the plot. <laughs> so, the fact that I couldn't even understand. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, pretty much nixed your chance of winning. Right there. 
Because <laughs> you would say one thing, and then you would say something different, and it would just... I think, I think he was... It was superheroes, the... but it's science, <laughs> but it's smart, but... Yes. I mean, I he's think... not wrong. I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. I think... He, I, Matt has yes. been was the most succinct about the movie between the two of you at any given time. And that was turning his argument against it. So, yeah. It's an action movie. It's just an animated action movie. Yeah. And that's my that's another one of my problems is because I just generally don't like action movies. So it's just not a movie that I was pretty like that was pretty like that it was made for me, I guess you could say. Even though I, you're I right. Like you're animated right. Animated action movies myself. Well, so <laughs> you might enjoy Big Hero Six. You yeah. maybe I do that. enjoy Big Hero Six. Okay. I've seen it. Seen okay, it. yes, you have. And it yeah, still it doesn't is. make any sense. It still doesn't make any sense the way I explained <laughs> it. The way you were explaining it, it did not. I, but I all of that is in the movie, though. All it is, is all there. The but if I had no frame of reference, <laughs> I would have like no idea yeah. what you were freaking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. All right, moving on <laughs> to our final round. Yes. And uh, the main bout, ding, ding. Yes, ding, ding. Yes, we have uh, our number one seed uh, weighing in at six months old. <laughs> Moana. Yes. Uh, versus uh, Winnie the Pooh, 2011. Yes. <laughs> parentheses, 2011. Yes, parentheses, 2011. <laughs> I say for the because this thing came out against a Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That has nothing two. to do with anything. It has nothing to do with anything. Just in case anybody is wondering, wait, I don't remember there being a. There was a Winnie the Pooh movie for the last 10 years, believe it or not. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Ready when you are, go for it. Oh, that's right. I start these things. Start these things. Until uh, next time. You don't have universe. to. Yes. You could make him start it. No, well, because he chose first. Yeah, so this one, next time. We'll do opposite, but this time we'll do this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this time because the way the way we drew, we ended up drawing straws or flipping coins or drawing cards. Yeah. Uh, Matt ended up winning every single duel. Yeah. So we got first pick. So that was my concession. So the concession <laughs> is like you get. To I get first talk. That's fair. Okay, go for it. And by that fact, also last last notes. Yeah. Go so for that, it. That, that's, Which that's is much harder for him to win. Because he gets to talk, talk first and last. Right. Well, uh, that, that's the trade-off. Yes. Yeah. You you get your yeah. own. You get your favorite compared yeah. to. You right. Get your that's fair. Side. Yeah. That's the handy, That's fair. the handicap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go. All right. Winnie the Pooh 2011 is a throwback of sorts for Disney animation. Not only in its well, especially in its story, but also in its animations, uh, the way it's animated. Um. It tells the story of Christopher Robin and the many and the three adventures of Winnie the Pooh in a in a very um, childlike and endearing um, aspect. It tells the basic story of the whole thing is Pooh's journey for honey. That's the basic story in itself. However, that's not the story that they essentially tell. They tell of the story of the interaction of friendship and trying to improve friends in trying to help Eeyore find it, find his tail in Piglet having trying to help his friends out of a hole in in the whole uh, aspect of this film is that it's about friendship and the adventures that you go on with friends 
it's more of a stroll down memory lane at, into the old uh, stories that is Winnie the Pooh in order to introduce a new generation into Winnie the Pooh who more necessarily would, wouldn't be um, introduced at all. It is so also in a very interesting way of having relatively modern jokes uh, written into it, into not only a not-not joke, but also really creative wordplay and especially, and uh, more even more creative visual gags that I think most films, uh, especially in the Disney vault this, these days, um, are, are lacking in, in a sense. They, they um, Winnie the Pooh brings that, that type of charm back that it's essentially uh, has gone away, especially with these, these new types of Disney movies, which try to be more serious, more heavy-handed. This is more of a, a light romp. So, um, it's an interesting comparison here, because Moana, though it is essentially a classic Disney, kind of a, tr a traditional Disney tale, is definitely the more modern of the two, narratively. Um, what it's trying to do is, it again, as all of the movies that I've argued for today, is about a central heroine um, who just happens to be uh, even more empowered than the last. Moana's whole thing, her shtick, if you will, is that she wants to do what her entire village hasn't, her entire island hasn't done for decades, for generations. She wants to explore. She wants to find out the mysteries of what lies beyond to save her island. And she wants to do it herself with her own guile, her own power. So she is the one throughout the narrative that decides where she wants to go. Kind of not too similar from your bunny friend in Zootopia. Um, but in a way, but, but in a believable way. She's kind of like, she's not necessarily perfect though. She has the, she has the flaw of maybe being too hard headed with it. However, this is balanced by, of course, Maui, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who is the good comic, both the comic foil uh, source of most of the great jokes in the movie, as well as probably the funniest song, but we'll get to that later. Um, and, but also, but also a good balance to like Moana, no, you don't know everything. You, you need to learn still. You need to be taught certain things because ultimately we're not going to, either of us are going to survive unless we both work together on this. Then you have the, the climax, which is, again, just like Frozen Beautiful, where you have her confronting this beast, which is just this, and, and, and approaching it in a way where she doesn't need violence. She can learn from her life experience, her oneness with nature to really connect with this thing and calm it down and regain the, the nature to the island, regain nature to her island. It's a sweeping epic tale. I think the character of Moana is really, really well realized. All right, argument. Okay. So Winnie the Pooh, um, as you mentioned, is traditional, and I think it airs too close to the tradition in this case. You're right, it does do a good job about kind of trying to balance like with a little bit more modern joke telling and writing. And I think it excels at it. I, there, I, there were some chuckles, and I definitely liked a lot of the dialogue there. A lot of the jokes really hit. My problem with it is um, twofold. One is I think it's a little too much towards the, okay, we're doing Winnie the Pooh again. It's a little too traditional in the way that it's riffing on the same things Winnie the Pooh narratives have already, always done. It's the same, okay, Pooh's kind of dumb, but he's endearingly dumb, and all his friends all have uh, are, are not necessarily super friendly to him. They just kind of exist. 
Like, Eeyore's character is just the one-note kind of sad thing. And then Owl's character is, I'm so smart, and I'm not going to tell everybody that I knew the whole time I had Eeyore's tail. It's just like, it's a little predictable. Um, but my other problem with it is that there's basically no moral. <laughs> there is no moral to that movie. There's, they, they give Christopher Robin a line towards the end of that thing where he's like, it's like, oh, well, that just goes to show you something about friends or something. Like, I haven't even forgotten what it is. Because it just, like, it just seems so t- tacked on, not unlike Eeyore's tail. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's just, it, it's, a go- it's good for what it is. But I'm sorry, but you're comparing it to Moana here. And I think this is going to, it's, it's, it's a very, very different kind of thing. It does a good, but it, yes, if I was to do the, the, the classic uh, film critic approach, for what it is, it's a really good thing. It's a, it's a good kids movie. It does tra- translate to multiple generations. I just think they could have done more with it. I think they could have gone heavier in, in, in a few different directions, and they just didn't. Made the same thing kind of again. Time. They did need to go heavy because the Pooh Bear movie. <laughs> You're a Pooh, Pooh Bear. Pooh is Bear is stuffed with fluff. This is a fluffy movie. It's not meant to be heavy-handed. It's meant to be light and fluffy and something you adore with your <laughs> child and children. Sounds like a beignet. Ooh, beignets. Sounds good, right? Yeah. You know what movie has beignets in it? Princess and the Frog. Oh, that was it. Hi. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, Alright, so Moana. Yes. Problems with Moana, okay? The story, the, story of the, the story of Moana and her father gets completely missed after the first act, as soon as she leaves that island. She no longer worries about whether her father's okay. She no longer worries about if her grandmother's okay. She's. She's dead! She, it, she leaves. She abandons her family. Problem. She cares for a retarded chicken. Whoa. Problem. Whoa. I thought you were Not on my podcast, <laughs> sir. With a rock in the head chicken, okay? Maui is so self indulged <laughs> in its in himself that he doesn't doesn't want anything to do with this movie. He tries to get away from this movie. <laughs> but he that it just pulls him back in. The ocean literally pulls him back into this movie. He wants no part just like I wanted no part. Alright? I don't believe He's you. He's a good bold-faced liar. I don't believe you. They, alright, this movie was flawed and riddled and ridden and she didn't need to go find Maui. That should have been the whole plot. That should have been the end. But it wasn't. It was that point was never driven home. There was no resolution. She uh, let me just have one thing. She did need Maui. She wouldn't have had any idea where to go. Also, she can't sail for the life of her. So yes, she did need Maui. That is absolutely wrong. Do you have any last thing? Only two minutes? No, that's all I wanted to add. That's all I wanted to add. You have a two minute final statement. No, I'm done. That's all I wanted to add. You don't have anything else. Because I just wanted to point out that that is that is wrong. <laughs> no, it is else. wrong. That is wrong. That Maui. That she didn't. That she didn't need Maui to find the island because she. 
<laughs> That's objectively true. <laughs> Alternative facts. <laughs> well, if she didn't need Maui, then what? She never went to Maui. She would have no business to go get Maui's hook, and therefore there'd been no reason for that entire sequence. Yeah, but again, we're not talking about what the movie could have been. We're talking about what the movie was. Right. <laughs> so. How about making a bad movie, a more concise movie? Okay. Okay, I guess we're done. Are we done? Yes. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do I get final finals? That, that was no, your final. That was your final. Oh, 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 You're still alive. I, I was. I was talking because were... it was his turn, and he, he stopped he talking. He said he was done. I, was, I, I said I was done. Him. Oh, so you, you just said your talking. thing, so you're done. Oh, okay. We're done. <laughs> All right, fired up about lying about how he feels about Moana. Final (laughs) statement. Last final statement. Then, okay, I'm gonna use my one minute final statement. Okay, Okay. go for it. Since since you don't want to, all right. Go for it. Pooh Bear is a great humble movie. Humble movie. Yes, this movie went completely under the radar. People should definitely go see this movie. Especially if you have kids that want to introduce them to Pooh Bear. It is very modernized. It tells a very simple story. But it tells it so well and uses a lot of very um, interesting tropes and gags that it works. Not only I get not only in this time, but also in the, if you show this movie in The Many Adventures of Woody the Pooh, which where it, this movie draws from, it does a great story on that itself. It does a great story on friendship, on <laughs> on uh, finding honey. Finding it, Nemo. And finding Nemo and Finding Dory. It's a really well done story. And time. Time. <laughs> you guys don't have to make the two minutes if you run out of things to say. Pooh drowns himself in honey at the end of that movie. He drowns himself in honey. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Who knows your decision of why? Now you want to see this movie, right? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he counts himself in I'm not making this up. He really does. Um, you, you have a decision You have a decision to make. Moana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because, why? Because, duh. Because why? Because... <laughs> series of shorts it's never been something this is the first time that they've expanded a poo narrative beyond 30 minutes so that's telling you right there (laughs) it's not about its story but it's enjoyable for a moment yeah it's poo it's winnie the pooh winnie the pooh is awesome i love winnie the pooh but not in this case but not in this case i guess 
Well, I mean, when you're literally all you're doing is sitting there going, Moana is back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't believe you. I hate second. Moana. <laughs> that whole thing. It's not even arguing about the plot. It's just Moana. No. <laughs> Anyways. And you've still got 30 seconds to go. <laughs> you've run out of argument, baby. Okay, we need to continue or else we're never going to finish this. All right. All right, so uh, Moana wins. Moana yeah. wins that one. So let's rack up our winners. So we got so far. Zootopia, Rocket... Rocket Ralph. Ralph. Rocket Ralph. <laughs> Frozen and Moana. Frozen and Moana. And those are the actually the ones that should win. So yes. <laughs> We did good. We, we, done, we done good? We done good so far. So far, so good. Right. So far, we're doing our jobs. All right. And with that, that will wrap us up. Um, we'll, we'll keep this bracketed. That means Moana will go up against Zootopia in the next round. And Frozen, <laughs> Just like the Academy Awards. And Frozen will go up against Bracket Ralph. And what's the subject matter for the next uh, round? Next round, I believe, is music and music. score. Thank God. <laughs> I'm yep, so ready for this. Yep, soundtrack and score. I am so ready for this. <laughs> You're ready for this? Watch me end up with Zootopia. Don't watch me end up with Zootopia. Try to argue for it. Freaking, I don't know, the Shakira song? <laughs> I, that's why I mentioned score because some yeah, of these don't have yeah, some of them. essentially yeah, music. Yeah, like Rocket Ralph. Although Rocket Rocket Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> what, what is it? Rocket Rocket Ralph. Ralph. I like Rocket. <laughs> What's wrong with Rocket? I actually do not remember it, the score in Rocket Ralph. It is very uh, computer. I'm program. sure it had a lot of the yeah the computer stuff. Yeah. but yeah, Zootopia's are easy to argue, dude. It's Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Well, we'll see. It's all you can have well, to say. Right? Well, the guy from Hamilton. Yeah. Lumino Miranda. And a bunch of other cool peeps. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Um, so that's going to be the next round for that category. Uh, be sure to join us on Saturday. when uh, so At some point, we'll post that for at Saturday. At some point. Uh, well, next round, we're going to be arguing the 90s era, I guess? Yeah. Want to go backwards? I guess so. All right. All right. All right. We're going to do a 90s era on our next uh, Disney... Mania Tournament. Sure. <laughs> Since you can't come up with a better name. Sure. Okay. All right. I uh, hope you enjoy this. Uh, catch us uh, on our next one or listen to it okay. right now. Okay.